Hey everybody, welcome to yet another episode of the White Boys Can't Jump podcast. We're back with Addison, Josh and Caleb. We're going to be uh, previewing all the round two series coming up, looking back at the uh, exciting first round we had. Uh, yeah, we're going to have a good time. I hope you guys do too. Woo! Woo! Let's go. Woo, yeah. Alright guys, welcome. <laughs> hope you guys are having a good time. I know we've had a good time watching the first round, haven't we? I know Josh, you haven't really been watching that much, but you know, what's been your thoughts so far on the basketball that's been played? Honestly, I um, have been throwing it up on the phone during work. I'm sure the bosses are definitely um, happy with me, but I don't know about that. But yeah, no, I'm kind of disappointed we didn't see any Game 7s. And also kind of disappointed we didn't see any upsets through the first round. But still absolutely loving the basketball, absolutely loving the playoffs. Yeah, actually, Caleb, I know you've probably just been watching one team, but have you caught any other games? Actually, I've been watching like pretty much, I think I've watched at least one game in each series. Um, I've just, you know, I feel like from like about 10 until like maybe four o'clock, it's just kind of been like in my window where I just watch basketball. But it's just been so good. I think this is the first year since like, 2019 that the playoffs have been like pretty like normal as then they start in april and all that so it's just been quite mm. exciting you know yeah, no, and having no the bubble. warriors back like it's just almost like nostalgia now <laughs> yeah, true true the warriors are back the warriors are back <laughs> who else is back who nets are not back nets are gone that's kind of funny um okay we'll Swept. just transition to i guess the nets but more broadly who have you guys thought are the most disappointing teams this off season, I know, I know, I've got an opinion, but what's what's your guys' thoughts? I'd say, I'd say the the Nets. I think I was saying this before, like the um, I had them for some reason in my like pick and bracket. I put them four three, even though I'm pretty sure I was like saying, oh, I reckon the Celtics going to defeat. I just feel like I couldn't write off KD and Kyrie Irving as a duo. I feel like it's just really disappointing for them. Um, I think it's just been a disappointing year. There's just been so much going on. Um, and that just not having, not having, you know, you try to get Ben Simmons and he doesn't even play for you. It's just been, I just feel it's so disappointing. Like I, I just don't, yeah, I don't know what to think about that team. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Josh, what do you think? Um, yeah. I'm going to firstly second what Caleb said with the Nets. I do find them very disappointing with not only, uh, not necessarily getting out of the first round, but not even putting up a fight, getting swept by the Celtics is somewhat of a disappointing result for them. Get and the um, <laughs> yeah, secondly, also the Jazz, eh? I just think, honestly, with Luka Doncic being out two games and not being able to win that series, or at least take it to a game seven, is kind of, kind of for me, kind of a disappointing result. Yeah, you're not wrong. I've got one more team. I think the Hawks would. I think this season mainly, like they're coming up against the Miami Heat, who are one of the best teams in the league, top of the East, one of the best defenses. So you can't, you can't expect much against them, but they barely put up a fight. Like it was kind of sad. Trey Young yeah. shooting like thirty-one percent from the field and less than thirty percent from three is yeah. ridiculous. And I never want to hear him mentioned in the same sentence as Luca. But those comparisons, whoever, yeah. Like, but Trey averages more points and assists. Okay, what does Luca do in the playoffs? What does Trey Young do in the playoffs? Yes. Okay, he made the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Yeah. But that was against uh, a fraudulent Ben Simmons and the Knicks. Like, yeah. Come on, come on let's 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 get serious here. They, I feel like the, I don't know what to do for the Hawks. Like, if I was the Hawks yeah. management, I don't know where to go from here because if Trey, if all it takes for them to fall apart is the defense to really focus in on Trey Young and him to just get absolutely exposed. What what do you do? Like they they were pretty healthy. Capella missed Capella ended up missing the last couple of games. John Collins was there. Onyeka Kongu was there. Yeah. I just don't know. What do you guys think is the way forward for the Hawks? Yeah, South I think Josh. I okay, didn't oh, I, I could I could start. It was yeah. like I think it was interesting. I didn't actually know that Capella set out the last two games. I feel like that's kind of telling because I feel, I feel like the Hawks, you know, you've got Trey Young. I feel like that's going to be the person you're going to build around. But I feel like the next biggest piece for them 
was actually Capella when there was that trade with the Rockets, I think, a few seasons back. I think it's actually, I feel like that's, it's just, it's kind of weird. They actually do have a really good, like, kind of, like, depth. They have lots of, I guess, like, weapons. Like, you've got John Collins as well. You've got Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, who's the, who's the redhead? The, um, uh, Kevin Ritter. Ritter. And so I just feel like it's going to be, who are you going to, how are you going to, I guess, mix that up? But I feel like Trey Young and Clint Capella is like the two main players you build around is probably going to be the answer for the Hawks, I think. It's interesting because Kevin, uh, sorry, because Clint Capella, so he played the first two games, 20 minutes a game. He averaged two points, two points <laughs> a game when you're getting 20 minutes a game. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't know whether that's just Bam being really good at covering the pick and roll because I know that was a Probably big was. part of big part of like those those right there sound like Stephen Adams numbers in the playoffs though. <laughs> oh poor Stephen Adams. Oh man, I feel I feel bad for him. But yeah, yeah, to be honest, uh going back to the Nets, I don't I don't really I, I have the Celtics all day. I don't think you can I don't think you I can go <laughs> from barely from barely making the playoffs. I don't think you can just turn it on. They hadn't shown they hadn't shown any part of um, like a culture where they could just flip a switch. Like even nearing the end of the season, if they had gone on like an eight-game winning streak and started blowing out some of the bad teams, sure, I could have seen them coming up against the Celtics, but they were still barely yeah. winning games and losing some bad games at the end of the season. Yeah. I think the other thing with the Nets is they're, they're really, a, f- a lot of the minutes, they're playing with three small guards. When you've got Kyrie Irving, Goran mm. Dragic, um, Seth Curry, Patty Mills, and Bruce Brown, who are all under six foot three, you're going to yeah. be playing two or three of those guys at a lot, a lot of the minutes, and that's not in the playoffs. You need length and you need size, and they just yeah. were constantly getting exposed. Like you saw that game-winning layup from Tatum. He got that yeah. layup because Kyrie Irving and Goran Dragic were under the rim. <laughs> exactly, Kyrie's just standing there, and he just managed to um, just lay it up and get it in. So yeah, I think it's I think it's defensively that it's just have like no I just feel like they can't defend anyone almost. <laughs> they really can't. They really can't. Okay, I've got a question for you. We'll start with you, Josh. Nets can offer Kyrie Irving a five years, two hundred and forty eight million dollar extension. Do you do it? Um, me personally, just track record with Kyrie Irving, I just think he's a toxic player in the in the locker room and I'm I'm not signing him for the the super max of five year for five years and that much money. I don't see I don't see the point in it at all. Okay, I, I let him walk. I'll slightly rephrase my question. Even do you still have the same opinion if he says I need this contract or I'm leaving? Um yeah like <sighs> Not, like yeah, honestly, that's the hard part. I think if it's me, best case scenario for them, it's a side and trade by Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah, those have become a big thing over the last couple of years. Caleb, what do you think? Yeah. Do you give it? Do you, do you hand it to him? He goes. I, I'm leaving. We, I don't know. We could we talk about the um about how the supermax works because it's um I feel like we talked about this about how it was like you could sign a team. A player to a supermax and then literally just trade them five minutes yeah, after right. yeah do what ben simmons did he obviously yeah. had no intention of staying in philly but just because of the extra money he signed mm. and then he can just yeah. ask to leave and screw over yeah. the franchise yeah you're right you brought up a good point and i think i sent it to you guys where i was saying they um there should be like a clause in the supermax that you have to stay with the yeah. team for three years after you've signed it i think yeah. that would solve a lot that of the issues good. in terms of it it means players actually have to think yeah. about do I want to be here? They can't be like, oh yeah, I'll sign it because there's more money, but you know I can always just leave. I can always just force my way out. I can always do yeah. a Ben Simmons. And unfortunately for the rest of the players in the league, that's yeah. what Ben Simmons has kind of yeah. done. He he might have ultimately he might force a rule change, which I think is mm. good for the league. Obviously and, bad for some of the players though. And I think it's like needed because the point of the where they introduced the Supermax was to actually help the small market teams to be able to hold on to their players like, um, say, for example, Giannis, so that he doesn't just get whisked away because he's now a two-time MVP and a champion, but he actually stay with the Bucks. Um, 
but yeah, because I think was there like a I'm, I'm trying to remember this right that when Anthony Davis was at the Pelicans, he didn't didn't get traded at the trade deadline. He waited until getting signed and tra- traded. I think to the Lakers. I'm not sure. Don't don't quote me on that. But yeah, that that, that, that kind of situation actually it disadvantages um, a team like the Pelicans, who've actually come all right. We could talk about how they've. Yeah. Come to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll come to the Pelicans in a second. I said <laughs> one more point to make is that um, I wasn't going to say Kyrie has uh, mentioned multiple times in interviews and whatnot. He just really doesn't care about winning anymore. He's like he said like that there are bigger things than basketball. Like basketball is an art form. I'm just here to leave my leave my art and history and and whatever. And he's been like even mm-hmm. after. Even post game after they got swept, he's saying, "Yeah, you know, um, I'm going to be part of the management. Like, we're going to move forward. Where like me and KD will be like making decisions and we'll be, you know, doing things like that." And he is just not like, he's not someone you want on a winning bas. Like, he's not someone you want to form a culture yeah. of a winning basketball team. I, guess, I can see <laughs> Kyrie 100 if he gets signed and trade traded to a place he doesn't want to be. I could see him retiring 100. Oh yeah. Exactly, mm. that's the thing. No one wants to give him that much money because he's just proven that he doesn't really care about playing basketball. And cool, all right, awesome. Yeah. You don't care. Good, good for you. But you can't expect to be given a two hundred fifty million dollar contract to play basketball if you've shown that you might not play basketball. Okay, Pelicans versus Suns. They put up a fight. They really put up a fight. They Shout did. out to Jose, Jose Alvarado. Yeah, where <laughs> is he? New, everyone's <laughs> favorite player. Dude, okay. Uh, Suns are beatable. I think that's the main thing that I've taken away from this series. They needed yeah. they needed Chris Paul to shoot 14 for 14 to close out the Pelicans. That's a record. Zion. That is a, a record. All-time best playoff game scoring, I think it is. Yeah, that's... I think they were doing on the was it the TT broadcast? They were trying to like go through the history stats, and they're like, "Well, we only got to 1997, um, so that's a best shooting since 1997." They had on the mm. screen because they had to keep going back with their researches because they couldn't find find it. So yeah, yeah, that's kind <laughs> of funny. I mean, obviously, Mikael Bridges is one of my favorite players. He's mm. the way he plays defense for like super high intensity for like 42 minutes a night yeah. and then can drop 31 on 17 shots. Like dude is a killer. He's got a mid range game. Now he can hit the three. He's long. He can finish over top of people. Like he is one of the, oh, he's one of my favorite players, honestly to watch. And it sucks because he's one of like the two people who can actually guard Luca. So <laughs> <laughs> Josh, have you, did you catch any of the Suns games? What, what was your thoughts? Um, yeah, I didn't catch too much of the Suns games, to be honest with you. But I did hear about 14, the 14 for 14. It's, that's a problem with working, eh? Yeah. Can't catch too much. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, honestly, they, they closed it out. D-Book, he seems back. I don't think he was too hurt. I think they were just trying to, honestly, yeah. maybe just get him some extra rest before round two. But, you know, he's back. This, he's got three, three and a half days off now before round two starts. So... That's right. We'll go to the two seven, the two seven matchup in the West. Grizzlies Timberwolves just finished. Holy moly, just <laughs> finished. Yeah, we just called the end of the game. Grizzlies yeah. moving on, but Timberwolves blowing three games where they were up double digits in the fourth. They should have oh won. Oh my gosh, they should have won. They, that yeah. was, agreed. That was a fun series. I caught some of the games and mm. high intensity, like just running, hitting threes, like. Pat Bev with the constant too small celebrations. Like, <laughs> oh man, he's an entertaining player to watch when he's not playing your team. Um, one thing, <laughs> one thing I I observed was Jar needs a consistent mid-range game. He needs mm. that if he wants to succeed in the playoffs long term. Because all I saw was him constantly just driving relentlessly down the down the lane and getting hammered at the rim. Yeah. Okay, you made a lot of them, but you're making it really difficult for yourself and you're risking injury because at the moment, that's all you can really do. 
to be honest with you. There wasn't much else. Your three wasn't hitting. Your mid-range was really yeah. not hitting. At one point, he was 14%, I think, on mid-range shots. And um, if he doesn't get a mid-range or a three-ball three, three ball game, it's just going to be bad news because I can speak for everyone where we don't want him to get injured, but he's just throwing himself at defenders. It was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Kayla, what do you think? Yeah, I think definitely when I was watching the um, just before... Um, it definitely, yeah, he definitely seems like he's just driving a lot, and I reckon he does need to add that to his game. It still, it, it still works because the Grizzlies are really well set up in terms of having, you know, three three point shooters just you know around around them, like you know Desmond Bain. Yeah, Desmond um, I think Bain's it was, it was like, yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty he's pretty good. He was one of their most prominent scorers, I think, that series. Um, but yeah, then there was I think Tyus Jones had a big three. Um, as well, but they, and then that's just like there's already like another three people I can name, and that's just kind of like how the Grizzlies have worked. But he, definitely individually for Jamarant, he could definitely add it to his game. Yeah, Desmond Bain, 24 points a game, 47% from three on nine attempts a game. Holy cow, that's, that is that's that really is good. Help for that's decent, eh? I might have to start getting scared. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They barely, they barely beat the Timberwolves, bro. You're, you're, you're all right. Okay. Yeah, and Jar Rise only had 20, 22, 22 points per game, 27% from three, and only 43% from inside the three-point line as well. So that's really, really bad efficiency. Um, some good assist numbers. He had 10.4 assists, so that was good. Josh, any comments on the series? Um. Yeah, I think when they shifted away from moving, move Stephen Adams to the bench, and starting um, Jaron Jackson at the five, I think kind of helped them in terms of having that fast mobility in the, in the five spot. Because in the playoffs, a lot of teams are going smaller or having the faster faster bigs like Kyle Anthony Towns there. Yeah. Oh, man, Jamar, oh, sorry, not Jar, Jaron Jackson. He's got so much potential, but his discipline on defense is crazy. He fouled out in two of the games. He was limited to like 28 minutes a game over the first – uh, not not counting today's game because of just foul trouble. And the, he's shown that he can be a good three-point shooter, but he's just not. And I don't know. It's kind of strange. He really needs to step up to be a number two option if the Grizzlies really want to chance it at competing for a title. Um, we'll move across to the East now. Uh, Philly-Toronto was, <laughs> was an incredible series full of lots of drama, I must say. Nick Nurse, sorry, no, not Nick Nurse. Doc Rivers nearly, nearly being the laughing stock <laughs> of history. Uh, could you imagine? Yeah, being, like lost that would have been his, history if that was if if the um Raptors managed to come back. Even just even I think even just force a game seven would have just been like embarrassing anyways. Would have been. Um, Honestly, Philly is just the worst team to watch. Embiid's just throwing himself at people. It's dangerous. He injured four Toronto Raptors players in the first game just by, like, elbows and falling into people. And he always has the audacity to complain to the refs as well when he's averaging the most free throws per minute since Shaq. He's just such a frustrating player, and I couldn't stand watching it. Shout-out to Toronto. They played well. Pascal Siakam played a heck of a series, but yeah, I don't know. Not not really much you can talk about from this series. What do you think, Caleb? I didn't watch too much of it. I just kind of heard a lot of what was going on in that series. Um, but yeah, def- definitely, yeah, I just think, um, particularly with the news, oh, actually, we can talk about it later because we're going to talk about the other matchups. But yeah, yeah, I just, I just when I was watching the Sixers, I think one game, they just weren't that exciting to watch. But one thing I will say is, Tyrus Maxey, um, he is, he's actually a really, he's, he's the probably, X factor. Part, yeah, he's the X factor. He's probably part of the reason. Cause I feel like I haven't, when I think of that series, I feel like I didn't even see any, I don't even re- remember James Harden's face in any of the things I watched of it. I just remember Tyrus Maxey. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of, kind of interesting. I feel like is Tyrus Maxey the more, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel almost controversial saying this, that is Tyrus Maxey the more, important offensive weapon than James Harden. I don't know. That's just, that's probably <laughs> me getting too far ahead of myself. But yeah. Josh, what do you think? 
Not like honestly, I kind of had Philly coming out of that series anyway. And I kind of expected Embiid to go to his strength, which is throw himself for free throws. And I think <laughs> I think that's kind of what happened what ended up happening in that series. And um yeah, I think it was kind of the outcome I expected and the way that I expected to be fair. Yeah, you could call well maybe we will mention that injury now. So um Embiid has a Orbit, right orbital fracture and a mild concussion, as well as a torn UCL in his hand. So he's out indefinitely at the moment. There's no timetable for his return. So Did he get hit like by a bus walking out of the arena or something? I don't he know. Was hit, <laughs> like, he was hit by Pascal Siakam's elbow. Oh, get this. get this. They were up by 29 points with four minutes to go, and he was still in the game. Oh, wow. So, look. That's just a terrible coaching decision. Embiid's showing that he is kind of injury prone and, you know, okay, pull him out of the game when you're up 30 with four minutes to go. I don't know what Doc Rivers was thinking. Mm. He's obviously not a smart coach. And the fact that he was on that top 15 coaches list was, was the most ridiculous thing ever. But yeah, um, it's interesting for the future. Um, we'll come across to the Mavs Jazz series now because Mavs won, guys. Mavs won. I'm so happy. Yay. Mavs won their first playoff series (laughs) since 2011. I love it so much. Bojan Bogdanovic missed a wide open three to win the game. I swear that ball was in the air for at least 20 seconds. My life is 25. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was was a long time. But um, honestly, a very entertaining series. Shout out Jalen Brunson, dropping 28 points a game. Um, He was so good. Um, he, uh, fun fact, he is, he has made the most buckets in the postseason so far. Well, he's made the most buckets. Um, I, I can speak for a Mavs fan that none of us saw that coming. Winning the first, winning two of the first three games without Luca, Didn't see that coming. Look, Mavs have got a squad and the Jazz just have shown a history of not being able to be resilient and... It's time to blow it up. Josh, what do you think? What's happening for the Jazz now? I feel like I'm the only one disappointed here in terms of the Jazz losing. <laughs> yes, you are. You are. <laughs> but honestly, watching that series, the Jazz didn't deserve to win that series at all in terms of how they played, in terms of their offense. And Donovan Mitchell just doesn't seem like he's a number one scoring option on a, on a winning basketball team in the playoffs. It just seems like he, he kills it in the regular season. But honestly, when it comes to the playoffs, it, they fall short. So, yeah, I reckon if they want to have more playoff success, they have to do something. I'm not sure if that's a complete blow-up, trading either Gobert or Donovan Mitchell, or if that's moving other pieces around too. Or even just a mentality change from Donovan Mitchell and wanting to play defense more in the playoffs. Yeah, I, th- I was seeing somewhere where a, a natural um, team cycle is usually like five years from kind of being put together as young pieces, growing, competing, and then kind of making changes after five years. This Jazz team has been around for a long time, and I think they're just kind of mm. tired. They need to shake up. I think Quince Snyder Quince is definitely gone. There's no way he's back. And I guess, I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert have played their last game together. Caleb, what do you think? Yeah, I actually, I actually agree. Um, I could call, I call them like a they they go on the posters together, but they're like a fake duo. I reckon I was reading somewhere where um, Donovan Mitchell, when he's handling the ball, he's more likely to make a turnover than simply pass it to Rudy Gobert yeah. on a position. So I, yeah, I definitely think that the Jazz are just going to have to figure out what's their plan, trade trade one of them, figure out who you want to build around, whether it's Gobert. Um, being the defensive hold of your team or whether Donovan Mitchell um, just I feel like they just get to choose one or the other. Yeah, I think the thing is from my, from just watching that series, obviously I watched all the games, so I've, I feel like I've got a pretty good idea of who the Jazz are. Rudy Gobert is a more winning player than Donovan Mitchell. He's trying. The reason he's ha- he has to hang out in the post so much on defense, the reason he has to hang back is because Conley, Donovan Mitchell... Bo Young and Royce O'Neal are constantly just getting blown by and just Dinwiddie and Brunson, 
Dinwiddie and Brunson, all they had to do was just put the ball on the floor and they're in the paint. Absolutely zero resistance. And so Rudy obviously has to be there to be able to protect the rim. So that's going to leave shooters wide open, which is how we absolutely killed them. And so I just if you trade Rudy Gobert, I don't think that's going to help the Jazz because their perimeter defense is so bad that you need an elite rim protector. And so I think I think retooling around Gobert is the way to go because you're going to get a haul for Donovan Mitchell. You know, if he goes to the Knicks, you could get like an RJ, RJ Barrett, I don't know, like, like four first-round picks or something. Like, I feel like that's the way to go over, yeah, getting a little bit for Rudy Gobert and hoping Donovan Mitchell actually starts playing defense because he doesn't. I, yeah, I don't know. I have, I have one problem with that. A lot of teams do go small in the playoffs. And Rudy Gobert, he's getting dragged anywhere close to the perimeter is going to get absolutely exposed. Okay, but he's not actually getting exposed that much. He was dragged onto the perimeter quite a lot, and we weren't taking advantage of that. He do, he's almost, it's kind of strange to say, but he's almost a per, better perimeter defender than Donovan Mitchell at this point. He's, because he can recover pretty fast, and we're, yeah, sometimes we can shoot over him because he's hanging back a little bit, but that's more valuable than the perimeter defense of Donovan Mitchell right now. Just watching that series, I can say that because it was atrocious. And if and the thing is, if you have competent perimeter defenders around him, he won't have to hang out in the paint all the time. And he won't have to just be that last line of defense that you really need. I think he, he's a more versatile defender than people give him credit for just because he's had to be that last line of defense constantly for the Jazz. All right, what other series? Have we covered all the series? That's it. We cut. Hang on. Did we Bucks cut? Bulls. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Warriors and Bucks Bulls. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, Caleb. That. Jeez. Jeez. Okay. Caleb, give us a rundown. What happened this series? The um, so basically the Warriors are, are back and alive. They're not. They're, they're not. Don't rule. Do not rule the Warriors out because they're actually back better than before. We've got we've got a death lineup. PTSD. Um, you know, I just I definitely give credit to the Nuggets though because Jokic played, um, Jokic played really well um, individually. I feel like not many Nuggets stepped up, if not one or two. Um, if I can remember, some Nuggets that stepped up were I think Aaron Gordon, maybe a couple games, and then I think is it Monte Morris. But I think, um, yeah, I think definitely it's it's pretty good for. Um, for the Warriors in terms of we had like a, a really bad kind of end to the regular season. And we I think we managed to just peak right for the playoffs. And I don't know. I feel like at the moment, I don't want to call it too much, but I feel like there's a collision course going on in the West. And we just get to see if anything disturbs that. We're going to have the Suns-Warriors Western Conference Finals. <laughs> uh, hey, not if the Mavs have anything to say about it. But yeah. Um, obviously Jokic was incredible. He averaged 31 points per game on like 62% shooting. Like that's ridiculous. Sorry, 58% shooting, which is absolutely crazy. Like if you think about it, he is the MVP. He's going to get MVP and we might talk about that soon, but yeah, he just had zero help. He only had one game, the entire playoffs where another teammate scored over 25 points. So. Look, well, Nuggets are going to be back. Nuggets are going to have Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back yeah. next year, hopefully. They're going to be scary if they can get some like solid defenders around those three and they're back in form. They're going to be contenders for the next couple of years. Josh, what do you think? I've said time and time again that I think Warriors have a winning culture around them. And I think it definitely stems back to those um, two or three championships that they had in the basically in that four-year period. And, yeah, I do see them being a, re- a massive force in the West. Honestly, I could see them going all the way to the finals if they either beat the Suns or the Mavs in that Western Conference Finals there. Yeah, that's music music to Caleb's ears. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, honestly, <laughs> I don't think we learned a lot except for the fact that the, um, the PTSD lineup, the, the Fab Five, the, the death lineup, of Paul, Draymond, Curry, Wiggins, <laughs> and Clay Thompson. 
is absolutely deadly. They scored 70 points in 19 minutes. They've got an offensive rating of 141 points per 100 possessions. Caleb, how, how excited are you for that lineup? I'm so excited, particularly I think one of the main things is because one of the arcs this year has been Jordan Poole becoming like another splash bro. And it was weird oh, he was not, going to be... Improved. He's not the most improved though, Caleb, so... What are you talking about, Edison? The NBA has gone off the rocker with this <laughs> most, most improved MVP. Like, <laughs> no, no, I'll continue. But like, yeah, Paul has managed to translate his effort in the regular season to the playoffs. Um, I think sometimes even being like our top scorer. And I think when you come up against a team like the Warriors, the PDC lineup, there's just too many offensive weapons. Like we're even leaving out Andrew Wiggins, who he, he even... Apart from that one, Yo, all-star starter Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> he, apart from that one time when he, um, they predicted the play and he lost the ball, he actually has made a few big shots when they just, you know, the defense has exhausted all like channels yeah. trying to stop the rest of the people. There's still Andrew Wiggins there, so like, yeah. Well, <laughs> newsflash, newsflash, not really a newsflash, but the Warriors are good. All right, let's go back to this last uh, series: the Bucks versus Bulls. Probably the least eventful series, um, apart from the fact that Chris Middleton is out for the whole of the second round, which we'll cover. Um, yeah, so he's got a he's got a strained MCL, so he's out for round two. Great, so it's a grade two spra- uh, it's strain on his in- MCL. So yeah. that's big. Um, could, obviously, really tough later. blow. Yeah. Really tough blow. <laughs> but look, Giannis walked through the Bulls. I don't know what to say about that. De- DeMar DeRozan, he's been good. But he's just constantly showing that his game does not translate well to the playoffs. He's got the worst plus-minus in the playoffs. Um, I don't know. Zach Levine has hinted that he might be leaving the Bulls as well. He put out um, when he was interviewed today, he's like, I just wanted to thank the Bulls, you know, regardless of what happens, I've loved my time here. That's not what you want to hear if you're a Bulls fan. So, look, does anyone have any comments about this series or can we just move on? Giannis is the best player in the world and he beat the Bulls. Yeah, I agree. I love that. Yeah. I think this is what I thought was always going to happen with the Bulls. They surprised me this year in the regular season, but it's, I think I saw what was it, the, the thing with the top five teams in the East. It's like one of them has to go in the first round. I think all the titles they're thinking it's probably going to be the Bulls probably going to go like 4-1 because they're just not going to be able to translate then to the playoffs. So it's disappointing for them, but they've had... You know, they've had, had an all right season. And yeah. just what can you do? Tough luck with against... injuries. Mm. Tough luck with injuries as well. If they had Lonzo, that would have helped. But Lonzo isn't changing that series, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll move on. We're going to look at um, round two. Who's playing who? What's going to happen? Some predictions. Yeah, we'll get back. Uh, we'll get back to that in a second. Uh, we'll just have a bit of a break first and then... Hey guys, we're back. And just a reminder, this podcast is brought to you by KFC, our sponsor. Um, so I'm good. actually, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But KFC, can you please, please hit us up? We, we want some free food. So. Yes. I need some wicked but, wings. Oh, I need some wicked wings. Finger, finger looking good. It really is. That's what this podcast yes. is. Oh, we should change the name of the podcast. The finger looking good podcast. <laughs> yeah. Do they have to okay. sponsor us? Do they have to? Yeah, exactly. Can we sue them if, if we... <laughs> no, I, I feel like, no, I feel like they, yeah, it works the other way around. Yeah, good call. Maybe we won't do that. Okay, looking, <laughs> at, looking on to round two. Look, Caleb, we'll start with the Warriors because, you know, you, you, are, you are a Dubs Nation, Dubs Nation man. So Dubs Nation Warriors, man, Grizzlies, <laughs> what are you thinking? Is it Warriors in four, Warriors in five? I think, I think if I was um, a betting person... I would have, this is if I'm not a biased Warriors fan, I obviously want Warriors to win. I think the Warriors had this, regardless of being um, without home court advantage, so it will start in Memphis. Um, I think I think we still have probably going to be the better team, but the Grizzlies, I feel like the Grizzlies have been like, almost like a, um, they've been like a meme or like a piss for the Warriors the last, like last year particularly. Mm. There's like so many memes about how they, they knocked us out of the play-in. 
Um, they beat us in the regular season at like oh, true. came, came back in overtime. And I think there was like a meme page that I followed. And in the bio, it was like property of Memphis Grizzlies. Like they basically owned us. Um, so I feel it's, it's good. It's good for the Warriors though, because like this is almost like they're avenging that embarrassing miss from last year. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, if I'm the Grizzlies who just. I don't want to say struggled, but they didn't exactly dominate the series against the Timberwolves. I'm not looking forward to playing a Warriors team that has the immense firepower that they have and championship pedigree. Um, it's so weird. I keep going back and forth on John Morant, but he needs to have a series like he did against the Jazz last year where he averaged like 32 points a game. He just needs to be dominant. He needs to yep. get his outside shot back. Because if, if he doesn't do that, they can't rely on as much as he's underrated, they can't rely on Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. to be carrying an offense. Like, yeah. it's just not going to happen. Ja needs to be a superstar. And if he's yeah. not that superstar, they really have no shot because Clay's going to Clay, yeah. Curry's going to Curry, Draymond is Draymond. And Paul's going to Paul, have a pool party. Paul's going <laughs> to have a pool party. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And an all-star starter, Andrew Wiggins, is there too. Yeah. Let's not forget about him. Man, yeah. I think I think my call is it, if I'm just doing like a fair call, it'd be probably about Warriors and six, like winning on the home court. Um, but some anything could happen. I've seen times when the Warriors just implode and then all of a sudden are behind. Um, it could happen this series. That's what I'm preparing for. It could they, the Grizzlies could come out and surprise us. So yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Um, Maz first Suns. Look, I've got quite a few things. I've thought about this a lot. Yeah. One thing I have to say, Suns are obviously a very, very good basketball team. Yeah, they didn't exactly dominate the Pelicans like we were kind of expecting. I don't know if you are expecting more, but I was expecting a sweep. Um, uh, yeah. But I would just say we are a lot better suited to play the Suns now than when we had Puzingas. Yeah, That's the one thing I'd really say because the, every we've lost to the Suns the last nine games in a row. So that's not exactly great. But a lot of that was because KP was just constantly getting abused by Chris Paul in the pick and roll. And the drop coverage that he's playing where he doesn't get out to shooters and doesn't step up into the mid-range, just mid-range shot after mid-range shot after mid-range shot. And it was kind of demoralizing. Now we've got really good switchy mobile bigs like Kleber and Powell. Yep. And we've got Finney Smith and Bullock to guard, uh, to guard Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Look, we match up pretty well against them. And the one thing I have to say is yeah. when you have the best player in the series, you have a good chance. And I would say Luca is the best player in that series. True. I'd probably agree with you, actually, that although it'd probably be between, because you've got Booker and Paul probably on the same level, but yeah. I reckon you're probably, probably are right that Luca is probably slightly, in terms of what he can do, um, offensively and like yeah. if you think about the last couple of years we've come up to the clippers with Kawhi and paul george we've done really we've done pretty well in those series we took him to seven last year and the only reason we ended up losing is because when we were up by what was like eight points in the third quarter of game six trying to close it out Kawhi became the best player in the series and he dropped 34 points a game he mm. he took it up over luca luca was luca yeah. was the best Kawhi became the best and that's what beat us. Um, yeah. And unless Luca has an off series, unless his calf is bothering him, which it is a little bit, but he's got a couple of days off now, um, I give us a chance. And so I think it's going seven. I don't know who's going to win. Yeah. I think it's closer than people in the media will give it. But I do, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good series. Yeah. I think um, if I have to speak, it's like, I, I feel what you were saying about how how we were many months ago before the Chris Stapps Pozegas trade, I feel like I wouldn't have almost rated the Mavs against a team like the Suns, but I feel like they've made the moves they've made in terms of seeing the way that Brunson was able to play, Dinwiddie, um, I feel like the Mavs actually look a bit more like a cohesive. competitive, yeah, cohesive competitive team that could actually bring the fight to the Suns. So I do, Absolutely. I, I feel like I, I agree with you, but also the Suns are really good I feel like I would put that series at around six for the Suns, but maybe a seven if particularly like Luka Doncic 
plays really well. Mm. Um, so I feel like, yeah, feel like Suns is still the favorite, but I absolutely agree that this is much closer and a good opportunity, I think, for the Mavs after winning yeah. their first first ever series exactly. for 11 years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just a couple other things is that when you've got a heliocentric offense like the Mavs do, everyone has such a set role and everyone knows their role. All they need to do is execute that one role, you know, and mm. it makes it really simple because with what's what what's our game plan? Luca is the star. Jalen Brunson is the secondary creator. Everyone else yeah. hit threes, and that's kind mm. of it. And I think the fact that we're coming up against the Suns, we've won a playoff series now that that was off our chest. We haven't done that in forever. I think the pressure's kind of off now. They, we're going to be the underdogs. We're going to be the ones who yeah. ones counting out and. We've been there before, and we've um, we've shown that we can win. Yeah, it's going to be a good series for sure. I feel like we have to talk about the Suns more. I thought like we're just talking about. Sorry, the yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't know. There's not much. There's not much to talk about for the Suns. They've got incredible role players. I think they've just got so much depth. They're just like, like Bale McGee coming off the bench, the goat. I feel like the Suns just like move like a machine. Like they're they're players. They just just like totally mm. just David Booker, Chris Paul, uh, amazing well, players, and then you've also got. Crowder, Mikael Bridges to defend, DeAndre Ayton in center. Underrated. DeAndre yes. Ayton has been incredible, and he's going to give the yeah. Mavs offense fits. Absolutely, yeah. And then you've got um, other people coming off Campaign the bench. Campaign off the, the bench, bro. Yeah, Payne, Cam Johnson. And it's Fuck just, it. and, they, and they almost just work like surgery, just like so precisely as a team. They're just going to be so hard to beat. Um. You know, it's almost like if you're going to beat them, you have to just catch them in an off period. Yeah. And, you know, like, just, just get the kill shot in, like, game six or whatever and, like, not let them get to a game seven. I, I reckon, I feel like, I feel like if it goes to seven, I feel like the Suns will win, in my opinion. I feel like if the Mavs want to win. The largest team in the league. Yes. Oh, they're so, so clutch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good call. All right, uh, let's yeah. move across to the East. <laughs> We've got the yes. Heat coming up against the Embiidless Sixers. Yeah. What a blow for the Sixers. It's... That's really disappointing. Yeah. But I can't remember who said it. I think actually, no, Jono, Jono McClay was texting me um, and he said um, he thinks Embiid's going to play regardless. As soon as he gets the concussion, the concussion like clearance, he's going to be out there with like a face mask or something. Yeah. Um, which I think is right. He He wants to be out there. He's playing through some injuries, but what do you think? What's the series going to be like? I definitely feel, I actually did think of that as in, I feel like it's almost too good to, was it too good to be true that Embiid would just not play a game this series? Unless it's like a really serious fracture, they just can't be on court. I feel like he's going to be, you know, if he's wearing a face mask. But regardless, like, I just feel like because of that news, the Sixers are just built around Embiid. They're almost going to have nothing to, no fight to bring to the Heat, who have actually, they've been playing really well. And Butler, who I think, um, I don't know, do we often say that he's been like, you know, sort of kind of underwhelming in the playoffs? I'm not he sure was, what the consensus nah, but, is. So I think Butler, <laughs> he's been that guy that's like kind of just goes through the regular season chilling and then just explodes in the playoffs. Right? Yeah. That's what he did in the bubble. Like, he's shown he can get yeah, I was thinking the playoffs. That. And um, he's done that in the first first year, first series against the um, against the Hawks. He was really good. Um, everyone yeah. was really good against the Hawks because the Hawks' defense sucks. <laughs> also, the 76ers' defense, especially without Embiid, isn't incredible either. So, yeah. I got, I've got the Heat winning that. Unless Embiid comes back. And yeah. absolutely blows us all the way. I've got heat and six. I was going to say, if the Embiid doesn't come back, heat and five. But if Embiid does come back, probably six, maybe seven. Yeah. I don't know. I also just think the Miami Heat defense is going to give so much mm. problems because their perimeter defense and BAM is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, good, good who, who else is on the heat? The um, Kyle Lowry? Is Larry, he, is, Tyler is Hero, he, Duncan Robinson. Yeah. yeah, you've got yeah Tyler Hero coming off the bench. Yeah, Six Max Struess is now starting instead of Duncan Robinson, which is mm. interesting. It's a wrinkle from um, uh, Eric Spolstra, which has worked well. 
because um yeah. Duncan Robinson came off the bench and had like eight threes in the closeout game. So yeah, now Duncan Robinson's just he's a really good just set three point shooter. Yeah, he and knows just, what and, he's there to do, and he does it really yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I definitely yeah just definitely feel that the Heat are just going to be. I think even if it was a level playing field, though Embiid, I feel like the Heat would have still been favorites. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah, who things, knows? These um, things could happen in the playoffs. Who knows? Maybe Harden heats up, you know, goes 30 yeah. points a game. I totally, totally threw him under the bus just before <laughs> that he could. He might be listening and he might go out and, go out and play well yeah. for me or something. James Harden, if you're listening to this, you got to start playing well, okay? <laughs> yeah, I always says that I just didn't see him, but yeah, yeah, maybe he scored some points. <laughs> yeah, no, he he wasn't. He's he averaged eighteen points, eleven assists. So, I mean, it's eh. Yeah, it's eh. I I don't know what's going on with him, but all right, we'll move on to the last series. This is going to be a good series. You got Bucks versus I feel like, Celtics. I feel like this is going to be the best. Although there was, yeah, it was real funny with the um, the I, th- I think after the first game of the Celtics Nets, it's like oh, this is gonna be the best series of the first round sweep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that was so funny. But I definitely feel that Bucks Celtics is gonna be a um really good. Like I feel like definitely has to be in seven if you're calling it because mm. the buck the Bucks are I probably say almost the Bucks probably the favorites just because they have Giannis although. Did you say that Chris Chris Middleton's going to be out out for them uh, for at least the majority of the second round? Yeah. Wow. Okay, I might have to change my mind on that because this is how close it is uh, with this series. Um, but yeah, I definitely think the Celtics have proven themselves to be great defense. They've got the defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. Yeah. Um, so he's Jason... been ruled out for the whole second round series with a grade two MCL sprain. Wow. I mean, yeah, that's that's big for the Bucks. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the crazy thing is, I think it's kind of similar to the Mavs versus Suns in a way because Celtics, I think, are the better overall team. Their defense is incredible. They've got so much depth and star power on their team. But the Bucks have the best player in the series. Yeah, and you can't you can't count that out, especially the best player in the series who's shown that he is the best player in the world for the like the last yeah. two or three years. Um. If any, if any defense is going to hold down Giannis, it's the Celtics. Like they've got incredible defense with Tatum, Brown, Grant yeah. Williams, Robert Williams, Marcus Smart. Like that lineup is ridiculous, and they're just going to throw bodies after yeah. bodies at him. Like you saw what they did to KD. They're going to do something <laughs> similar to Giannis, and it's yeah. they're going to make it difficult for him. And when he doesn't have his second star next to him, Chris Middle. Ah, uh, sorry, um, Drew Holiday. He's gonna to have to step up big time. Yeah, definitely agree. I think I think from what you just said, I definitely have to lean Celtics in seven, particularly particularly because it's the home the home court. I feel plays into it. But yeah. the Celtics is one of the the TD Garden is one of those arenas where you just it's really you know it gets really yeah. the fans Rowdy. get really into it in Boston. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be really hard for um for. The Bucks, particularly if they don't have Middleton, I feel like that's what it hinges on. Yeah. Because if if Middleton doesn't play, um, Giannis has a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. To bring his team through the series. I think you've nailed it on the head. I think Celtics are probably the favourites. Um, but you can't count Giannis out. I got Celtics in seven, probably. That's yeah. My, it'll be my prediction. But yeah, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a good second round. I don't think there are anyone who are like major favorites i think probably warriors are the most have the like most chance mm-hmm. right would you say warriors have like the highest like chance of getting through in terms of like all the series we've gone through they've probably got the biggest probably, i probably would say that but i don't want to jinx it almost yeah yeah no, the whole... course, yeah, <laughs> but okay. um yeah def- definitely feel um particularly with the grizzlies also they're, they're very they're a very young mm. less experienced team I've seen Very teams young. like that just they just don't they just all of a sudden fizzle away. Um, yeah, I don't know, but they could. I, I did say they can. They could bring the fight. It's okay. So, they 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 don't need to panic. I think the Grizzlies yeah. if they lose, like they're yeah. they're young. 
yeah. and they just need to stay the course. They've got lots of young talent and they can grow together yeah. and get lots more experience together. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely Sounding think... like they've already lost, but... <laughs> I do, yeah. I definitely think, although the Grizzlies are definitely going to be, like, if you're a player, you definitely say, oh, we go for a championship. But I don't think the Grizzlies are in a state where they're, like, a finals or bust no. thing. Where it's no, like, they're not. Yeah, like, I think Suns, Warriors, and um, lots of teams at East is literally, yeah, Heat, Bucks, Celtics, and, well, Celtics and, and Sixers, probably. This is the thing with the East. It's crazy. Basically, yeah. all of them are finals or bust, and only... One of them's so, going to make yeah, the finals. Yeah, one of them the finals, yeah. Um, yeah, so I feel, yeah, I feel it's more with the Grizzlies. It's going to be a good test. If they do somehow, it should beat the Warriors. Um, yeah. It'll be good. It'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. I think teams have a couple of days off. I know Mavs and Suns starts on Tuesday for us, so that's yeah, it's, it's yeah. a good couple of days. Yeah. I think the Celtics series starts tomorrow, yeah. I believe. Celt- so that'll be- I don't think... So. Tomorrow, I think it's second day, um, which would be... Sorry, yeah, you're right. Sunday. Should be Monday morning Monday. for us in yeah, New Zealand. Mo- Monday morning, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Monday is um, Warriors, Grizzlies, and Bucks, Celtics. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that'll be good. Looking forward to it. We've got the second round yeah. coming up, guys. I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. I know I have. Thanks for joining us, Caleb. No worries. It's been a pleasure, as Any always. Time. We've got our big daddy, big daddy playoffs coming up soon. We've got two more regular season games and then, yes. then our playoffs. So we have to win. Oh, otherwise... we have to win. Oh yeah. no, we're coming out firing. I, I, <laughs> I know. It. I'm calling it Caleb. You're going to drop forty, okay? Forty. Yeah, forty. <laughs> forty claps. That is, you know, supporting us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> From exactly. the bench. No, <laughs> no, I was, I was actually at, at one point I was carrying the team. Like I, oh, I yeah. scored, I scored only two points and no one else did in like a five minute span so yeah oh exactly <laughs> you helped us through the tough times Caleb <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us guys we'll catch you next time see ya Woo. see ya Woo.